Welcome back to the On The Hunt Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Dustin. I'm Trey. And we got a special guest tonight. Super special. Yep, very special. Mr. Russell Logan. Hello. What's up, dude? Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's, let's not do a, a honorable mention here. Turner's also with us tonight. Yep. He's just, he got a pile of notes. He's been studying and no microphone. <laughs> just push it out of the way. If, if anybody freezes up and you got something, push just them out of the way yeah. and just grab the mic. If you hear any cr- right here, and yeah. you would have the choice. You could do do that. Yeah, yeah. He's right over there. It's all right, Turner. You might got something for us for real. That's an easy, dude. We got it. these things on pivot, so we're good. You're here for a reason. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, pretty. That's what. Yeah. This this verse is about. <laughs> Before the foundations of the earth, Turner, they, the Lord knew that you'd be here. So welcome. Let's 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 pull up a seat and let's let's get to it. It is officially, um, I think only squirrel season right now. So it's a. Uh, it's over, man. We got we got till March. Uh, squirrel season used to close in the middle of February, but they extended it till middle of March sometime. So you pretty much, really, the way that things are now, you get to go from almost like a, just like two weeks. I think it is. Soon as soon as uh, squirrel season's over, then you got just a couple weeks, and then you'll get to get to turkey hunt. Well, now we can't because they pushed ours back. But you go hunt Mississippi or another state if you wanted to. So. So yeah, we got uh, duck season closing, and then uh, and where we live, uh, West Tennessee, well, we have uh, deer season, and the CWD zones are officially closed. So we went out with a bang the last few days. We finally got some some water, and um, we did real well. So how how well? Real well, like real real well. So I think Friday is when we got the first bit of. Uh, First bit of rain. Well, we got rain like Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, and it filled up everything that we hunt usually. So we we went Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's like it was, uh, I think, well over two hundred. So killed fifty four Saturday in the pouring down rain. It was miserable, freezing cold, wet, soaking wet. I found out that my jacket is not waterproof; it's water resistant. It's supposed to be waterproof. I was drenched, it's man. It's funny how those sprint. things come out at those <laughs> terrible times. Yeah, like, like, why is my elbows getting wet? And then next thing you know, I feel a, I feel a, I feel a drop of water running down the small of my back. I'm I like, yeah, this is going to like, my drawers. One of the worst things in the world for me is the cuff of my sleeves to be wet. Like, mm-hmm. it drives me nuts. Yeah, like a pet peeve. Can't stand yeah. it. Yeah, kills me. Being wet's awful. But so. once you're, once you're in there and and you're in the suck, you might as well just yeah, yeah. stay embrace it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coldest, coldest I've ever been in my life. I was in Salt Lake City duck hunting, and it started raining and snowing, and it was miserable. Killing ducks, but miserable. Cold, wet. Your hand, like you know, you get wet, and your fingers just don't function anymore. And I was having to like load shells, like with the butt of my wrist, to shove them up in there because I was so like my hands just wouldn't function. When you shot, it hurt. Like that's how cold I was, and you were wet, so there's nothing you could. There's nothing you. It was no getting warm until you got out of there. Oh yeah, I'd been ready to go to the house last year. I was at Eagle Lake and standing in water that was about a little past my belly button, and my waders started leaking. <laughs> I dumped water out of my waders whenever we got back to the boat nothing ramp. Nothing worse. Nothing worse it than leaking terrible. pair of waders. But we killed like forty that day, so well, could have been worse. Yeah, 
We uh we we went out with a uh not so big of a bang. Uh, I did get to hunt the last day, which is which is nice. It's always a um, appreciated when you get get to take off work and uh, hunt the last day. But we did not fare nearly as well. Uh, I had some buddies that would um, kill in the last you know last little stretch there. But um, Turner and I went with um, a good buddy of mine and. Uh, we got to, uh, I guess, do some, do some witnessing, which is, you know, maybe that's what it was about. You gotta plant the seed. So, uh, yeah, not not nearly as good as a duck season as I'd have hoped. Yep. Well, we just got to hunt the last pretty much last week, so it was um, pretty bad. But deer season's good. Killed a handful of deer and boy killed one. So it's over, man. So now I'm gonna get old Bo the squirrel dog. Get him after him for a little while, and you know, duck season kind of like Tennessee football. There's always next year. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we'll just wait until next year. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like '98. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Tennessee football, <laughs> uh, what, what, what no. you got to say about what about the NIL allegations? <laughs> hey, man. That's just the NCAA trying to flex their muscles. I, I, like I said, I I think the NCAA is a, a, a terrible organization myself. So it is what it is. Yeah. We'll see what comes out of it. I don't know. I mean, at least you're not on the sideline handing out McDonald's bags. I guess couldn't yeah. be worse. That was legal the year after he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> hand 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 him some Mc, what are they the some McBenjamins. McBenjamins, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's. I mean, the the game of college football is never going to be like it was. I think it's going to be constantly evolving. There's no telling what's the next five years of college football is going to look like. As yeah. far you know, you get these guys getting paid stupid money to go play. Why would you worry about going playing professional football when you become a millionaire in college? They're going to be uh, employees. Yeah, they're going That's from what it student is, athletes yeah. to employees. Sold to the highest bidder. I don't I mean, think there's any a retirement plan for college, though. But, I mean, if you got a million dollars, invest it right. That's right. You can go sit on an NFL team, sit there for two years, and retire. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, I would, too. I don't know what's going to come out. I mean, obviously, that's why I think, you know, with, with Saban retiring, that's probably one of the reasons is because of, I mean, it's hard to recruit like that now. Yeah. You, they dip if they want to roll. You know, used to, if you, you transferred, you had to – Wait a year, you know. You had a whole time. You had a had a pretty much a year. You just had to sit on the sideline, couldn't do anything. Um, now it's like I said, it's, it's unlimited transfers. Like you yeah. can transfer once, and then if you don't like it, you can transfer again. If you don't like it, you can go again. Hey, I did see that that Tom Brady does have one year of eligibility to play college football left. Is, is he coming back? <laughs> I, it's. I mean, it's possible. He, he, mm. he could. He could. Oh my gracious! <laughs> How much do you think they'd pay him? Yeah, that, there's no telling. That man's. Hey, Tennessee will get him. He's yeah. not hurting for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Um, all right, we got Russell with us tonight. Um, it's your time, man. We're gonna talk to you for a minute. Um, we went to. We all went to school together. We'll meet. I guess you went to Munford, where we're from, out this way with uh. With with me and my my wife and and then Luke, but he went there too. Um, but you're a little you're a little older than us, but a little been, seasoned. A little, you're a little more seasoned. Yeah, 
Yeah, so uh obviously you're you're from you're from here, right? Yes, sir. I'm uh well, I was born in Delaware though. A lot of people don't know that about me. Born in Delaware. I don't like to tell people that. And then you drifted to, to West Tennessee? Florida. Florida. Wow. Yep. And then uh my dad passed away down there when I was six and then moved here when I was ten because my grandmother got cancer and my mom promised she would take me back to the beach and we never left. Yeah. So <laughs> just stuck here. They got well, they got sand down there on the Mississippi River. Uh, it's yeah. not the same. Yeah. <laughs> what part of Florida? Um, right near Gainesville, Bronson. Okay, that's a different part of the world down there. It was fun when I was little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she moved. Is it was it military? No, she, my we moved down there. I don't know why we moved to Florida. Really, my mom, you know, she met my dad up in Delaware, had me, um. And then just ended up in Florida for some reason. I think she was running from my dad, really. My dad wasn't a good guy. I didn't know that until later in the years. And uh, she knew she had to get away. It was just me and her left. And she raised me by herself. And then my dad would come around. I always remember and thought about the good good times. Yeah. And uh, he passed away when I was six. I remember coming home from kindergarten. My mom told me. Yeah. It uh, it didn't really affect me, though, because he wasn't really around. Yeah. It's weird how the Lord does a lot of things for you to end up where you're at, like in here in Tipton County, you know, West Tennessee. I could sit there and go an hour and a half telling you how, like I've always said, like things supposed to happen for a reason. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have two beautiful daughters, two stepsons, and a beautiful wife that if I would have stayed in Florida. Yeah, it would have never happened. Never happened. And I wouldn't be coming to Central. I appreciate I appreciate the fact that you're from Delaware because like I I told you that night I've never met anybody from Delaware. Well, your president's from Delaware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never never met him. <laughs> That's, yeah, you're, Let's, I, keep I, that. yeah. <laughs> Let's keep that. Let's keep that out of this. Oh man, don't get me on that topic. Hey, I still gotta, work for the government. So. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do a, we gotta do a little bit of politics on uh, on a sermon next week in Romans thirteen. Kind of gets into some. You know, obeying, it's just going to be fun. Mm, it's not going to be good. I'm not really looking forward <laughs> to it. But, hey, we got to go through it, man. It's the word. So, All right, so you got a wife and you got some kids. And um, you, um, what about what about uh, school graduated when? I graduated in 2003. I knew, um, I didn't really know a lot of people. Uh, I told you I was an introvert. Um, hung around some of the friends that you hung around, uh, but. When I turned 18, I was gone. I joined the military. And I was always the one that was never going to join the military. Yeah. But when you get out of school and you ain't got no plan. Is that what happened? You just kind of wor- like, what am I going to do? I was working at B&H Electronics right there by the school. Yes, mm-hmm. from my, my Friday night, I was a shipping clerk, so I had to wait for the trucks to come in. And the football game was going on Friday night, and I'm sitting there, and I was just like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I went and signed. Jeremiah Jones actually got me in. Yeah. Like the next day kind of deal? Um, I went up and saw the recruiter. I enlisted November 18th, and I was gone December 27th. Wow. Pretty quick turnaround. Air Force, right? Yep, yep. Air, Air National Guard, but it is, yeah, Air Force. Gotcha. Yeah. I tried to go the easy route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't turn out too easy. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. it. And how did that work out? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I t- retired early. Yeah. So it worked out just how it was supposed to. I was going to say it has worked out for you. Yeah. Yep. Tell us about that. So you got injured, obviously. Um, yep. Well, nobody knows that until I just said it. But yeah, you got, <laughs> you got. Um, I, I mean, you really can't tell, you know, far, as far as with you when you wear, when you wear jeans. Yeah. I, wor- I worked uh, hard for that, but um, 
yeah, so 2011, uh, actually the, towards the end, two, end of 2010, um, I got tasked with my second deployment. My first one was pretty cake, uh, Kyrgyzstan. It's kind of like the pre-deployment area. They fly in, all logistics go through there. Um, this one uh, was actually tasked to go to Afghanistan, Bagram, and we went on to a training uh, January through March down in El Paso, and it was ASO training, which is area security operations. And then a lot of the people went and did base security operations with BSO training. But I got picked to be on the team for, uh, we got tasked for a QRF team, which yeah. the Army kind of stopped doing that, and they went and started doing route clearance. So that's what we did. Uh, we flew in April 5th at 2.30 in the morning. Mm. They told us to drop our gear off. I went up to my room, and there was three people in there sleeping. So I left everything outside, had to go back downstairs, and they put us in a truck, and we went right outside the wire. And that was uh, was pretty insane. Yep. So we, then you just kind of patrolled? and. Yep. Uh, well, it was every day kind of thing. Got a rocket attack. We had to go to the poo site, do that kind of stuff. And then the on. The what site? Poo site. The poo site. Yep. Well, you're going to have to drop some knowledge on us the poo site. It's a point of... Um, I mean, I've been out for a little while, but it's it's the point of where they launched their okay. um, improvised yeah. missiles. Okay. So it's a point of Something. origin. Yeah. Point of origin. Point of origin where they, we would calculate where it is. That makes sense then. And we, uh, we were supposed to go to that, and then uh, there was a digging site. Um, and uh, it, I, it was like, uh, that was May 7th. May 7th of what year? Uh, 2011. So, um, yeah, so basically we had just kept going outside the wire every day, and um, I was actually there whenever they got Osama, and uh, they told us two or three days before, they were like, hey, get ready, something might happen. And we were like, what do you mean? Like, every, something happens every day. And then all of a sudden I got woke up by, you know, my three roommates that are always sleeping. And they were like, we got him, we got him, we got him. And I was like, okay, roll back up and went to sleep. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, they actually brought them through there. We had to do security for that. But May seventh or May May seventh, we went on a mission. My bu- my truck driver almost flipped the MATV, which I was a bad ordeal raining. And then May eighth, they we came in. They said, "Hey, we got an extra mission." Well, I used to always Facetime and uh, call Stephanie, and uh, which is your wife now, right? Yeah. And uh, I kind of got nervous because I was like, "Well, if we're going to be out a little bit longer, I need to let her know." Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have the time to do that. We went in and did our battle operations and our, uh, you know, our briefing and went out. And the first thing that happened that went wrong that day, I already knew something was happening. I don't know how and I don't know why, but people will tell you that's been it. Like, they knew something was coming. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't get out the gate. We were supposed to go out. So we had to go walk to a hospital. And uh, there was just people not involved that were supposed to be involved. And then there was people that were involved that we've never had involved. Counter snipers, dog team. And we go outside the wire, and we were supposed to go left. I do know that. And uh, there was a dog there that was messing with the military dog, and that kind of was a big ordeal. And then we ended up going right. Yeah. And we got out a little bit, and boom. Yeah. So y'all, did you say y'all stepped on two, or you stepped on a, an IED? You, didn't you tell me you are like the – it was like a, a single file line. You're like the tenth guy in line, and yeah, we were in single for, single file formation because uh, we were still kind of getting to where we needed to be. Plus, it had been raining, and um, we kind of did that anyway over there because there's stuff everywhere. 
Um, but I was 10th in the patrol. I was Bravo fire team leader, and I had both my guys in front of me because I wanted to see – I didn't want them behind me. Like, you know, yeah. I, I know li- people – leaders from lead from the front. I, yeah, but when, you yeah. got, when you're in control of somebody, like, you want to see everything at all times. Yeah. And uh, if I would have done that, they, one of them would have got hit, and that, I would have took that way harder. But I stepped on it in the same spot after 10 other people and a dog, and it went off on me. And I, I didn't know what happened. I didn't feel nothing. Yeah. I mean, I saw stuff, and then I thought that I never – I thought I was awake the whole time, but I wasn't. It's, that's really weird how the mind does that, mm, the body yeah. does that. Yep. So then you kind of – when you, you you came to and you were in the, uh, I guess hospital or no, um, I came to in the field and I don't want to get too gruesome. I mean, unless you want me to. Well, no, but the good. second explosion went off was the dog team. His name was Ben Siegel. Yeah. He's still in the Air Force. Yeah, he's a chief now. Uh, but he was coming around post three sixty to to kind of assess what happened. If it was an attack coming, you know, you kind of have to yeah fall in. Um, and then he got hit as mm-hmm. he was running to come back. Gotcha. And, uh, so we're both down, and uh, when I went to get, I went to walk, get up. I went to get up and walk away, and it, yeah, when you look down, it was like, oh, I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the two young guys, uh, they were actually, I was over the medical team, like the briefing, and uh, two airmen couldn't be, I mean, they're younger, and uh, they saved my life. They yeah. put the tourniquet on perfect. You know, I had to help one of them. He was sitting there tightening. He's like, "Is that too tight?" I was like, "Dude, it's gone. Just tighten it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wild, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, thanks for your service there. And I guess you obviously were medically um, got out after that. And then uh, now you work. You know, do you civilian work? Is that what you're doing now? You work for, still for the government? And I still work for the government. I did want to go back in, so I did get hurt May May eight, two thousand eleven, and I got home. I left there October twelfth, two thousand eleven. I ran the Army 10-miler to come home. You did what? I had to run the Army 10-miler to come home. And I was like, I want to go home. And so my therapist, which she just passed away October, uh, she was an integral part of my life. Yeah. And uh, we actually got to see her in August up in Maine for the Travis Mills Foundation. And um, But she told me that I was going to be there for a year and a half. And I was like, no, I won't. Mm. She, she said, yeah, you are. I was like, I'm going to be gone by, by Halloween. Yeah. And she said, well, if you run the Army 10-miler, I'll let you go. I said, "Do I? is there a certain time I have to get done? She was like, no, you just got to finish it. I was like, done. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. So, so they got your prosthetic done, and you were able to run it. And, and I was running within three weeks. Wow. No, I, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I was ready to get out of there. I bet. <laughs> like <laughs> Dustin said, I had no idea that you had a fake leg until somebody – May I don't know if it was you. Somebody had said something, and I was like, "No way!" But you know, me and you had talked that night. You kind of told me the story, and yeah, like Dustin said, I definitely, you know, hats off to you. Appreciate yeah. appreciate everything. Well, but the thing is, is it, I don't, I didn't do anything special. So, I, but I understand what you guys are saying. But I mean, the people that had to witness that, oh, I wouldn't have been able to do it. They are the true ones. Yeah, because I would have been a mess. Well. But yes, say what you say. We're grateful, man. I We're thankful for, your, thankful for your sacrifice. So you came back, married, got, yep. eventually married. Got married 2014, 14, yep. on uh, February 15th, coming up. All right. It'll be 11, 
but I'll give you something. <laughs> <laughs> it all runs together. It all runs together. But yes, and then to keep going on with the question, I know I get off topic a little bit. I do still work for the Air National Guard, the base that I work that I was at. Yeah. They kind of took care of me and put me in a civilian job. Gotcha. It's a long drive, but where do you go? All the way up to Shelby Drive in Sweeney. Mm. Oh really? Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I thought used you to were work down that way. That's yeah. how everybody thinks. They're like, yeah. how hard is it to get to Millington? I'm like, no, it ain't Millington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's no thanks. Yeah. Oh, what about so. your relationship with the Lord, man? How how did that, I uh, know, I mean, you're a believer now. Um, we know that you're, you, you're nobody's ever born a believer, so we have to come to the end of ourselves. I know you told me a little bit of your story, but when did you really just, when did, when did that take place? What did that look like in your life? Well, um, you know, I told you my mom kind of raised me a single parent, and uh, I got pawned off on a lot of um, babysitters and stuff. And so I grew up in a lot of different churches. I, I think I talked talk, talk to you about that. Um, so um, I got saved uh, at Gateway by Pastor Steve, and uh, it was awesome. I, I, I truly got in there. I mean, I've always believed in it, but I didn't really yeah. know. I had no nobody taught me. Even all those churches, they it wasn't really about teaching. And I was probably too young to even know what they were talking about. Yeah. So I commend you, Trey, for really being at your age. It's that's a that's a that's a feat. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, so so Gateway is where you eventually come to understand the gospel. That's where Trey yep. got saved. Trey was there too. It's a great church. Yeah. I love them people over there. We were there. talking. About it. I loved it, and um, you know, I just it, it spoke to me, and I just gave everything up, and um, I got out of it. So I will admit that, that I fell off and we kind of got out of church and I kind of went down a dark path and um, I don't want to blame it on anything, but I did change after injury. Yeah. I, I, I preached, or I didn't preach, I, I spoke to everybody that it didn't bother, it didn't change me, but it did very much change me and it slowly, gradually, gradually changed me and I got to a point where I did not like who I was, my wife did not like who I was and kids probably didn't like who I was and um I was probably still a little lost right before we came to your church and when I came to church something just came into me and yeah man the lord the lord the the, Holy hey, Spirit a good, hey a good daddy disciplines his children you know so when you get when <laughs> ain't that right that is right yeah, so no you doubt. you get uh you you get to thinking about you know how god is and you know we can run away and try to do what do do our own thing and wallow in our own sin our own you know for a while but eventually those who are really you know who who really have been converted and really saved they'll 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 come back you know you'll see a there's seasons where a lot of people have sometimes where they just kind of just don't they just ain't doing what they know they're supposed to do but um but you know usually during that time you're getting the lord's wearing you out you know you know where you're supposed to be know what you need to be doing and, and oh it was every day too and yeah. it's like i'm like it, this can't be it. And then, you know, we we came to y'all's church, and I was like, just just something just clicked in me. I was like, yeah, I was want, it? I want to be. I've never wanted to be involved in the church. I've never wanted this to, just to. And I don't, you know, it's it's the Holy Spirit. Like they, yeah. hey, you you need to be here. And Stephanie even yeah. told me we're gonna try a gateway. I was like, why? Yeah, this church they're, they're, is it. Yeah, this is a, what a church <laughs> is. Yeah, they're both. As Trey like likes to say, said, this church got vibes. Got vibes. <laughs> no, it's what, whatever. They're all they're all good, man. They're all good. If you find the that's what we're talking about today, kind of just different things going through this passage today. But but yeah, I know that's um, 
you have a really did it whenever Dustin come out from behind the pulpit did it look like his eyes were just like looking through you no you know I, think, I think I think hey, I'm that's the way I felt y'all keep on I'm gonna hit this record button we're gonna start this whole thing over <laughs> hey I think I, I really kidding. I truly liked it whenever Dustin was the first person to greet me in a church and uh I'm a very big introvert and um like I told Trey Trey talked to me after Wednesday night class and he was like, oh, you talk to me, like, every day now. I was like, yeah, because you, you spoke up first. <laughs> so, but Luke, I mean, I, I got to know you just from this podcast. I, you were like a guy. I was like, I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he says I don't ever talk on here, so I don't know how. But, but I will <laughs> tell you, I better just go, <laughs> I better get some hunting time. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't sure. have land. So. We can't yeah. We can't pay you, but you don't have maybe to we you. can take you hunting. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. ain't got to pay me. Yeah. We we kind of talked about it in the last podcast about how uh, how how we kind of get out and talk to everybody that you know that that we don't see every day come come to church with us and try to just introduce ourselves and and make them feel at home you know yeah all right y'all ready to jump in this thing yes sir all right Philippians one twelve through eighteen um we'll we'll pick up there Philippians. 1, 12 through 18, so um, we'll read it and then we'll kind of give a little bit of a little context. Luke, since you have the voice for radio Here and for go. podcasting and for, all, and for all things um, um, that involves a mic, will you please read that for us? Yeah, I got you, man. Uh, Philippians 1, 12, the advance of the gospel. I know you to know... I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that the that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of my and most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ with from envy and rivalry. But others from goodwill, the latter do the latter the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of self ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Sorry about that. I was a little shaky on that one. It's all good, man. It's called Mike Fright. Oh, Mike here Fright. we go. That's a true thing. Yeah, it is. He just dove up. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't. We don't want to talk about it, Trey. We, we don't want. We're, we're we're here to build you up. We don't want to tear you down, man. We want you to be encouraged when you leave here today. Well, I appreciate that. Yep. All right. So y'all got some notes. I see nothing but a Bible. I actually got one on the first one. I, I was going to say, I've, I've, I feel like I've... You got this thing? No, 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 no. By no means. Okay. As Paul says, by no means. Yeah. But I do appreciate uh, some of the things that have gone on here. I ain't yep. going to lie. I spent a lot of time in Mark the last few days trying to get ready for last yeah, night. Yeah, you did good last night. You preached Thanks. well. You te- taught well. You did, you did good. You look like you've been doing that for... Um, for for uh, for many years until you try to say Ecclesiastes and you just like look that Mumford education yeah. started coming out yeah, you couldn't couldn't get it out but Should've you need you need to quit with all that you're making yeah. me blush okay so uh, <laughs> what you got over there Russell 
Oh, I just basically went through it and then like I kind of put an application to it, but it's just I like it because it kind of goes into my life and you know, no matter what happens, you're going to be grateful yeah. through the good and through the bad. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, that's, Paul is sitting here being grateful even though he knows he's in this position. Yeah. And the whole the the main theme that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks was that is is of joy, like he continues to say he's joyful or he has joy, or he's rejoicing, or whatever it may be. And we know he's in Rome, in prison. So, But not only that, him being happy and rejoicing is bringing other people to it. Yep, yep. So <clears throat> last week we ended up, we were talking about uh, the prayer and the thanksgiving that was going on. So that's kind of the intro. From 1 until 11 is like an intro of who, you know, he... he he announces himself, Paul and Timothy, a servant of Christ Jesus. Sometimes he will say an apostle. He's, he's announcing who he is to to let the people know, but they already know him. Uh, the church knows him well because he was you know, the founder of the church. And so he is talking to them and sharing with them, you know, really just kind of saying, hey, you know, just checking in with them more so uh, because they already know him well. They love him. They've been sending offerings. They support him. They help him. And then he goes into a big thanksgiving of how proud he is of them and what they're doing and being a partner in the gospel and and um, you know he's not he he prays for them constantly and all of that and then eventually as soon as he stops um, the heading that that Luke read a minute ago was the advance of the gospel so that's what he's doing he's he's begins to switch immediately to talk about how the gospel is being advanced now because he's been talking about him being in prison. And so we know he's in prison, so he's talking about what's taking place with the gospel, where he's at. And so um, let's just bring this up for a moment. People often, um, for some reason, act like we're not on the same team, um, other churches and other places and all of that. So if you one of you guys were to go and leave our church that we go to and were to go somewhere else, I would still be on your side. I would still be there for you. I'd want you to succeed. I would want you to do well. I would want you to uh, to hear what was going on, and I would love to hear it if you were boldly proclaiming the gospel. And then I would love, and and I know that you would love to hear back about what God was doing through the church that you just left. You know, and so Paul is going over there and has planted the church, the Macedonian call through his dream. He goes across, meets um, um, meets a lady there selling Lydia, selling, uh, purple. Purple, pur- selling purple, purple goods, and then turns around, plants the church, and now he's in prison in Rome years later, and now he's checking in, and he's letting them know what he's doing, and he's grateful and excited for what all this took place and what they're doing since he's not with them. And so they're just celebrating with one another, really. And now he's talking and gives this rundown kind of of what is going on with him and now that he is in in prison. And so it, it it's actually, uh, the title is very fitting there. And not all Bibles have them, <clears throat> excuse me, some of them are different. Uh, it says the advance of the gospel. And so that's really what he's talking about in this passage here, how the gospel's getting out. So his prayer's over. Now he begins talking about how the gospel's being spread and what's taking place and uh, the very beginning there he's saying that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so um, chew on that for a moment you know just think about about that Um, circumstances 
that he's going through, difficulties that he is going through, what happens usually in the life of a, a normal person like us, um, because we don't, we don't like our life to be altered. We like to everything to go smooth, and if we throw a wrench in there, we're all upset and in a, in a, in a tussie, like we're, we're upset, right? Something's not right, something's not going our way, and we ain't got it all together. And then how do we act during that time? You know what yeah, I'm saying? I definitely I struggle with that now. I think I talked about that at the men's breakfast. Is you know, I, it's almost selfish. Like <coughs> I'm gonna get this way because I don't like something going on, and then I'm gonna, you know, withhold from everybody else. And I, this it really spoke to me. This this did. Like you got to be happy. Yeah. No matter what. The 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 situation is the circumstance, and you know, like last week we were talking about what is a seasoned Christian look like um and it's you know a paul in here being selfless um still putting um i guess the good news first you, you know prioritizing that um one of the sermons that i listened to on this said that paul wasn't chained to the guard the guard was chained to paul because you know he was getting an earful the whole time. Yeah. They, they went, what, like six to eight-hour rotations? <laughs> Just yeah. get an earful over and over again. Yeah. Um, but it, re- it really shows that that no matter where you're at in your life, as far as whether if you're at home, at work, or what, wherever, you know, wherever you're at, hanging out somewhere, going out to eat, there's always opportunities, yeah, to, to to advance the gospel. Yeah, if 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 you're uh, sitting on the side of the road with a flat tire, and somebody comes by and stops and helps you, well, that might, you know, Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. So um, you don't ever know when an opportunity presents itself, even in the negative times, because, like we talked about a little last week. Uh, you know, you've got to be a, a representation and, and you want to be the, the seasoned Christian um, that is going to share the gospel and do it in the right way and be um, a representation of, of, of what we should look like. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. So just think about your life for a moment. Like what happens? I was talking to Fallon the other day and I was telling her about my, my ideal day. Like I, I and she's like you. You kind of seem a little down. I'm like, man, I'm not able to to do what I need to be doing, and I'm, I'm like kind of uh, kind of frustrated about it, kind of down about it. I need, I want to be able to get up at this time and do this, and then do this right after that, and then I need to study, then I need to do this, and then I need to study. And then I had this plan pretty much of every day how I want everything to be, so I have this nice planned out perfect day. And then if anything interferes with that or alters that, which happens every single day, then I turn around and get some kind of feel, you know, I feel some kind of way about it. I'm like upset, like I'm down and out because like things ain't going the way I want it to go instead of me looking for opportunities, you know, throughout, okay, this is happening. What am I doing during this day to take opportunity to to think about it? Like I'm I'm trying to seize these opportunities. I need to. Um, take advantage of what God is is has. It may not be going the way I want it to go, but how many opportunities am I missing because I'm wallowing in my well? Things ain't not going my way right yeah. now. You yeah. know, 
That's what I was about to say is like you get in that mode and then it's not benefiting anything further. It's not going to get you back on track. It's going right. to further go down and then, you know. Then you start feeling convicted about it. And right. Then you start feeling even worse. You but know? I'll tell you something. Uh, Dustin, you texted me the other day and I was I was having a pretty hard Monday, Tuesday. And you texted me and I was like, you reached out to me and I was, I was like, what am I really doing here? Like, and you told me you were having the same day. Yeah, and I was then just the ne- having a was that kind of funk, man. Just and the, some days you have that. And the next day, I I told myself right then, hey, tomorrow's a new day. And I had a you texted me, and I was like, how's your day? I was like, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, so yeah. you you had that day. It might have been for yeah. a reason. We're yeah. all guilty of letting minor inconveniences destroy our our attitudes. Like I told y'all on the way here, my. My road rage when I was try- I hate being late, and I got stuck behind Mamaw. Who you know I don't maybe she couldn't see that well. Maybe she's a little nervous. So why was I letting you know her trying to get home safely, you know, get me irritated? Get you uh, somewhere two minutes earlier. Yeah, ex- literally, and I'll still beat y'all here. <laughs> well, I live well, here. You live, I'm in, in, in the, I, I, the I beat him here before to his own <laughs> house. You have done that. It was probably my mom driving. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, I, I, wait, I'm wait gonna till, do some funeral. Wait till he has kids. Oh yeah. Trey. Yeah. Wait till Trey has you, kids. Hey, if the Lord then trying to get somewhere. I ain't time. praying for no patience. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to. Yeah. I was. I was doing. <clears throat> I had to do a couple of funerals last week, and you know when I was going through this, I got to thinking about that. And one of the things in the, one of the sermons I wrote that I got down here is that some of us think when our circumstances change, we'll have joy. But if you really think about it, joy in this world is always in spite of our circumstances. No one has everything going great for them. There's always something wrong in each one of our lives. And so that's so true. You know, we always got something going on. And so the way that we need to be approaching our, our day is not... All right, I'm in a, I'm in a funk today. I got stuffs going on that I don't want to be going on. I'm not, I don't have, you know, all the money I want, all the things that I want, and all the, uh, I'm not as happy as I want to be. My, my kids ain't doing exactly what I want them, and so we just allow that to cripple us, you know, if, uh, a circumstance that we have. But this, this just, you just can't get Paul down, man. He's no. like, he's, I mean, obviously, let's be honest. He's, we know that he went through. Uh, difficult times I mean that's obvious but he he constantly took advantage of every season and every situation in his life no matter where you see him uh, shipwrecked you know anywhere he was at he was he was glorifying the Lord with what he was with the opportunities that God was giving him he was constantly looking for uh, for them um, them opportunities to proclaim the name of uh, proclaim the name of Jesus and not saying okay I'm I'm in a bad spot, man. I'm just going to live defeated. I'm just going to sit here and wallow around in my 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 sorrow and my sadness because uh, everything's not going the way that I I want it to go well, right that's, now. That's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, yeah. that's the you know poor pitiful me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. the hard thing is to be happy, and I'm here for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Luke, what what version were you reading? ESV. Yeah, it is the ESV. Yeah. I got the NLT, which is the dumbed down version. And uh, like chapter 13 is just it's I think it's great. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. Like it's he's you you can hear it. like when you when you read uh through Paul's 
books, you know, like you kind of get an idea of what Paul's like. And, you know, Dustin talks about him having the highest level of ADHD, like, you know, kind of all over the place. But so he's you, brilliant, man. He's, oh, he's awesome. absolutely brilliant. I love it. I love the way everybody here knows why I'm here. They, like you, ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. This guard that I'm chained to is getting an ear full. Yeah. So what what do you think, just talking uh, between us here, what do you think, what, what causes us to think about it? We know our goal. We know our job. We're to proclaim, proclaim the name of Jesus to, to those who are in this world, in our jobs, wherever we go, all the opportunities that God has given us. We need to seize opportunities, take advantage of them. But what causes us to kind of get into that, that, uh, that, that, place of defeat and that place of just um i'm in a bad circum a circumstance right now things aren't going right I, i'm i'm kind of just i ain't well, in it well you let one thing happen and the next it's like a trickle effect and instead of one thing happening and then you your mindset changes even if you're having a great day and then you get behind grandma driving down the road and then all of a sudden the store don't have what you have, what you want. <laughs> and you then it just goes back. Then you get back behind grandma going back home. Mm. Then you get home and your kids are yelling and arguing and fighting. And it just goes. And, and then it just seems like it's a snowball re- effect. And instead, you could, we could take a deep breath, say a quick little prayer. and Make the best out of the whole make, situation. And, and then just send a – and then uh, me personally, I like to, if I'm having a bad day – I like sending an encouraging text message to somebody or just encourage somebody that I, that I don't see all the time. And, uh, I mean, you're you're reaching out to them, but it's helping you too because it's giving you a positive affirmation to talk about. Yeah. You flip, know? flip the script. Right. I right. would – yeah, I would – I mean, I would go on along with that. And, and, you know, it's just being a part of this ugly world, you know. We don't – it's it's the, the way the, the fast life that everyone lives of – you know, going through the motions every day. And then, like you said, the, the minor inconveniences will throw you for the, the biggest loop when it's the dumbest, you know, excuse to, to be thrown down about. Like we, we don't, we, nobody in this shop right now has any reason to be upset about anything. We all have more than we need. We're all blessed beyond measures. Um, yet we let the little inconveniences, um, Throw us on the ground. Paul's in the worst possible situation, and he's like, "Hey, y'all, that, it's all good. I'm supposed to be in this situation." Yeah, yeah. And, and we, and you know, I, I don't wake up every morning praying. You know, I should wake up every morning in prayer. And a lot of mornings, I wake up late after my alarm. I rush to get in the shower. Rush to go get the kids up. Next thing I know is I'm almost to work, and I ain't, even, I haven't even prayed yet. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. just starting off on the wrong foot. I think. Um it's just little defeats. It's little failures. And, you know, uh, we're all men here, and failures are hard for us. Yeah. It don't matter if it's just, you know, like you said, being late. Like, that's a little failure. And it it weighs on your soul, and then it just further and further and further. And, you know, like like Paul, like, it, he's there. He's there for a reason. Yeah. It ain't a failure. It's actually further in the gospel. Yeah. Being late, I done figured if I'm going to get fired over five minutes and let it happen. But you might <laughs> you find know? an amazing job next week. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. <clears throat> so, all right, so he's saying that, that he's in prison and what's happened now, he, it, served, it has served now to, to advance the gospel. So because of his imprisonment, now 
the gospel's being advanced, proclaimed throughout the, the, the area because of him being in jail, uh, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So, 13 there, who, who all, I mean, just think who he's talking to. So, he, we already discussed that he has, um, he's, in, he's in Rome. We know he's going to be killed soon. Um, but during that time, he is, we know he's, he's chained to the, the guards. So, that's one person. And the next person that rolls around, he's going to be chained. You know, he's chained to them. The next rotation, he's chained to them, and he's taking advantage of every, every person that he, that he runs into. It's obviously having an effect on the guards um, because there's tons and tons of guards that are being selected, and as they're being selected, he's being able to go in and share. I don't believe in any way. It's the same exact guard that's coming every single week, you know, or every single day. It's different ones that are coming through. He's getting chained to them. And so he's sharing with them. And then from there, it says, and to all the rest. So the whole Imperial Guard, and, and I read it's, it's in that time, it's a, a, an astronomical amount of guards in that, that area. So it's saying all, all of them, it's done spread there. And... He, he's basically building a, a church in Rome through the guards. Yeah, he's doing a he's yeah. he's doing a a lot. Well, there's already so this there the church in Rome that's while, actually while he's in prison. Well, just so so this is what we're about to get into here in a minute when we go down from here um, in 15. We won't get there yet, but there's already there's already churches in Rome, and we know that it's believed that. Um, Acts 1-8, you know, Holy Spirit come, Pentecost, during that time. After that, uh, the gospel was proclaimed, thousands come to Christ, and from that, that group of people is believed that a group of people did go to Rome and plant a church there. So Paul did not actually, was not the original founder of the church in Rome because we've been going through Romans in church, in our church, and we've discussed that, that this was a church he was writing to that he had he was longing to go to but has not yet been there. So there's churches in that area, and so what he's doing is, is he is literally, he's creating this really, I mean, this gospel movement throughout this, this area. So what could happen is people, he could have visitors, so we know they were, they were coming in to visit him, and he had his friends, you know, Timothy could come, other people could come and visit him and see him. And through all of this, no matter who he was in contact with, because of his contact and communication that he had from the inside walls of a prison, being chained to a guard, being locked down, he was still um, making a, a, a huge difference within the, uh, within the world, within that area. And because it says, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So he let everybody know. And then everybody talked about, I'm sure, think about it. Timothy comes in. He's meeting him. Some other friends come in. Maybe we know that Philipp, the people, the church of Philippi here, uh, brought an, brought offerings and stuff. That's what he was saying last week. We talked about last week, how he was excited for, the, for them and thanking them for taking care of him. So when they come... He's telling them, and so they know what's going on and what's taking place, and so they're able to hear about the gospel that's being, you know, shared and proclaimed and being changing people throughout that area. And he is literally doing all this from, a, a, like, a jail cell. 
says here, it says in my little footnote here that that the Roman emperor, the guards, the imperial guards, were uh, most likely the the group of elite personal bodyguards. Yep. So he was like basically softening Rome up to accept. Yeah. So there's already churches there, but he's going into a a a group of people, you know, pretty pretty difficult group, you know, pretty rugged, rough group uh, of of people, and he's he's proclaiming it to them, and then all the people that's that he knows that gets to come to see him, and then they're going out and doing something with it, you know, as well. And if everybody is it's pointing, he's pointing everything to the gospel. And because it, it says that my imprisonment is for Christ, the reason why I'm here is for Christ. Uh, it's the gospel. This is what's got me here. So when there's him, when he's talked about, he's t- they have to bring up Christ and they bring up him because that's why he's there. You know, he's done appealed to to Caesar. He got accused, and then he he turns around and, and appeals to to Caesar to to go act because he's a, a um a, he grew up a, a Jew, so he had the right to go. To, to Rome and to, to talk to Caesar, to be able to be tried. And so through that, all everybody's knowing that he's there because of that. So um, from there, um, he, he says, and most of the, the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So y'all got anything on that? I think it's a, I mean, a, a testament for one, and also kind of, again, shows us how we should be as far as, you know, if I use the Forrest Gump analogy all the time. You put your back against me, I put my back against you, and we ain't going to sleep with our heads up in the road. You know, pick your brothers up, carry them throughout the day, um, and, and, and in return, that's going to rub off um, in your real-world scenarios um, and give everybody a, a better outlook, um, more positive um, vibe, and uh, be that that seasoned uh, Christian that we all want to be. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more of like uh, seeing somebody so passionate about something, so happy about something, it makes it less scary. Yeah, like, he can do it. I can, I do, can it. do it. Yeah, that's how that's how it happens. That's how that's how it should be how many people do you know or let's just take you for instance anybody in here that's here that has become confident because of seeing others and the witness of others and the 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 faithfulness that other people have for the kingdom of god you see it in them you see how they just like dude this dude is tearing it up like i got to do i got to have some of that you know? i saw that the first day i walked yeah, in the central so, so yeah <laughs> my wife she i tell you what she's loved me and she she saw something in me if, if it weren't for her i don't know but it's like that i saw the burning desire in her yeah it took me a while to pick up on it but to that's see who that really pushed me forward and then she used to always say you need to be around strong men yeah like you know me you know, i'm a strong we talking about I didn't know, I didn't had no clue what she was saying yeah. until I met. Well, yeah. I don't want to boost y'all's head, egos or nothing, but you wouldn't it, do until I, I got around you. y'all. I mean, I yeah. We'll we'll say a joke here in a minute to bring them egos right back down. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I understand. I mean it's it, it is um it is absolutely uh you cannot put a price tag on having some good men around you or uh, you know your my wife is the same way. Like she's um the, what the Lord allows me to do. Uh, if I, if you remove her out of the equation, you know it wouldn't be 
they wouldn't I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, be where I'm at. So you know, just other people, um, the confidence that you build have off of of other people. Like you got to think about these people in these churches and these believers walking around on the streets, uh, hearing about Paul, tearing it up for the Lord in the prison, and they're like, "Okay, I'm, 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 I got to do something." This dude yeah, is making a difference. That bad. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm out here, I got, ain't, ain't probably going through a lot of persecution. Probably just living their life fairly, you know, easily. And then now, here you go, they're. They're um they they see him and they hear about him and now they're they're gonna all right I gotta I gotta do something so it just says that um that their confidence their confidence has grown most of the brothers and so it doesn't really tell exactly who the brothers are but it's talking about that area and most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment they're much more bold to speak the word without fear so we uh, we had that men that in men's group last week we had that that uh. That uh, passage we were telling everybody to remember, Second Timothy one seven. You know, for the Lord has not given you a, a spirit of fear um, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so it's like we we you can take when somebody understands all the Lord's done for them and and uh, becomes confident in the Lord, and because of what God's done for them, they they can they they can actually do things way beyond any of their own ability. That's anybody who's speaking on. It's, it's like that little mustard seed. Yeah. You know, it just keeps growing and moving and shaking and, and your branches keep branching out. Yeah. Yep. Just being faithful with, with, uh, you know, with the message of Jesus, that's what's taking place. So 15, um, he begins to kind of switch gears. Are y'all good with there? You want to move on? Y'all got something else there? Oh, we can do this all night. Yeah, <laughs> so we're I'm fi- serious. Yeah, careful. Like, <laughs> careful. Yeah. Midnight don't, thirty don't, last don't, time. Yeah, <laughs> I've slept on harder grounds than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fifteen, he kind of he kind of switches gears a little bit. So kind of notice that um, because but what he's doing. So we're kind of building this up to make you kind of understand. Hopefully, everybody who's listening is understanding what's taking place. But what's going on is that they are. He, he's writing to them and he's letting them know what's taking place inside of there. And now because of what's going on in his life, now this gospel's getting out and all these other people are becoming confident. But then he begins to talk about the preachers uh, that in these other churches uh, and that, that's, that's around that area, you know, and how they are acting and how they're responding to things. So he goes into that, you know, in 15. Some indeed preach Christ from en- envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill the latter do it out of love knowing that i am put here for the defense of the gospel the former proclaim christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment so what he's done what he does is he starts talking about the, the 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 other people that are preaching out in that area that some are doing it uh in an envious and a jealous way so think about that just for um, a, a second, how that takes place still today. Yep. Um, how people get envious and jealous because well, what's crazy is Paul's in prison and they're envious yeah. of him while he's because in he's, prison. He's making they're more yeah. envious of the of the joy that yeah. he's yeah. inflicting and in, in the people he's having follow. Like, yeah. It's like the impact that, that he's making. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's je- they're jealous and envious of what he's doing while and the uh, the impact he's making from a prison cell, and they can't do that from the safety of their own home. Yep. Right. 
so he didn't like obviously again he didn't plant the church in Rome. He's in a he's in a prison, tearing it up, and they're you know they're envious. So um, he also goes in and says that some they do it for for envy. Well, let's just let's let's camp there for a minute. Like how many people do that? Like are, are again? Let's think about this. What's the goal? The goal is to get the gospel to the to those who have not not heard it, and to get the gospel to and teach the, the the scriptures to those who who have been changed and need to learn and grow. So that's a yeah. that's a preacher's job. They're they're proclaiming they're proclaiming Christ, but they're also you know rightly dividing the word and teaching it to others and and all that. But while they're doing so, um, they're doing it. Some they're envious of what God is doing through him. And that because they're not in that place, they're not not that they want to be in prison. The fact that they're not having the impact that others do, and some people are are that way. You can get very envious of a church or somebody's ch- or, or a place that God is using um, to reach people. And as a preacher or a pastor, somebody could get envious of what God is doing there, and almost get you know offensive at what they're doing, or even talk bad about them, or whatever it may be, because. Maybe they're, God's using that church more than they're using his church or whatever. And so they're envious or a, a pastor that is, that is a little bit more, um, has, a, has, a, has a... The wrong motive. Well, no, I mean, no, no I, I mean, what I'm one, saying is... One, I, that's, somebody can one get envious. that's bringing it a little bit more than yeah. somebody else. So, so, hey, yeah. we got a guy that's been coming, and I ain't going to mention his name, but he'll come and, and preach to our, our youth group. And when he comes to our youth group, I don't care... When he comes, I expect to be dealing with people afterwards and talking with them about how they, how the gospel dealt with them. And it's not because he, he, he the Lord just uses him. And, and so am I, am I envious? Like, well, I can't believe that, that God used that man more than he would use me. Well, that's how people end up getting. Yeah. They get, like, selfish because they want God to use them more than he, they're using the next person. You know, we all want to see converts. We all want to see people come to Christ. But, you know, Paul says, hey, look, I've watered and Paul has planted or one of the two or maybe vice versa. But the Lord gets the harvest. So who cares? As long as you're, long as you're continuously sharing the gospel with people and doing your job, you know, and, and don't become, you know, envious of everybody else. Understand we're on the same team. We're trying to do this together. Now, there is churches and there is places that are not doing things rightly. There are people that are in places, and I believe teaching and preaching that aren't even in Christ. But the the thing is that um, are we getting envious and and wishing that we were where they're at? You know, um, or are we saying, okay, praise God for what God's doing there because they're God's using that place, using that person well. You know, so why God? does that through this person and doesn't do it through so much through this person. Some of the best preachers that I've ever heard or listened to don't have these mega churches. It doesn't matter. They, they teach the word well. So um, that doesn't necessarily matter. A lot of the churches that are monstrous and huge, sometimes they don't even teach the Bible well. You know, So it's one of them, them things you got to think through. So you have like some of it are doing through envy and some rivalry. So the next thing, rivalry, they think I that... Think, I think that envy, though, starts at a starts at a young age also as far as just in worldly views 
of you think kids envious, jealous of what other kids have, and then it escalates from there. And then by the time you get to this point, I mean, they've known envy all their life, so why not take that even into the gospel here and be envious of somebody else if you've been that way and jealous of other people starting from a very worldly view at a very young age? Yeah. I, yeah. Think, it, I think it's almost taught in the world now, though. Like, right. Just how everything is at. And then, like Stephanie always says, it, the world's got a heart issue right now. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's like my, my yeah. daughter the other day, she's about to go to middle school. And she told me the other day, she said, Daddy, I just, because I was talking about, you know, it'd be nice if I get me a new truck, messing with Samantha for a little bit. And then she was like, Daddy, I can't believe that I'm going to go to middle school and my dad's not even going to have a truck. I said, well, your dad has a forerunner that is paid for. <laughs> and that mug is riding. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then that even, like, puts a little defeats on you because then it's like, oh, man, you're getting knocked down yeah. by. Yeah. Of course, yeah. then I was like, Samantha, you hear that? Your daughter needs me to have a truck. <laughs> but you're right there. You don't think about that, really. I mean, somebody who maybe have had a had things, had a lot of things growing up or something, you know, and, and maybe were – they they don't want to they don't want to see somebody doing better than them even when it comes to um, church c- Christian like spiritual things. Now let's let's make note here. Paul understands that he does not say that these people are lost. These aren't Judaizers. These aren't people that's trying to put an end to his um, him preaching. These aren't people that are, they, these are actual gospel preaching preachers but their motives behind it are wrong they're not doing it the right way and so envious and then out of rivalry so um obviously let's think about that we've all know about rivalry like we want we we grew up at our our school you grew up at another school I will always think the, that my school, the, the Brighton kids over there. Yeah, you know the other. Saying, you know, from a, but hey, they do that. Like it's funny. I went to the Mumford uh, the Mumford High game this year. A couple of them, and he'll say up from the loudspeaker that other school. That he won't even school. he won't even mention it. That school down the street is blah blah blah. You know, and so we we rival and mess around. You know, joke. But we always think that ours. Our, our school is better than the next school. We think our company is better than the the next company. We think that our, I mean, we want the, the we want the best of the best. We all don't want to be um, second. You know what I'm saying? So the, some are preaching the gospel, and they're they're preaching it. They're saved. They're preaching it, but they're preaching it to out of trying to outperform this next church that's preaching the gospel too. And so they're they're doing it again out of wrong motives, right? Yeah, that's not good. I mean, you're you're kind of trying to hey i'm better than but you, you got people there they're listening to you yeah that's all that matters yeah so that's but people don't look at it that way you know so a lot um, of them, yeah. i think any man one of their especially men with competitiveness i'm everybody in here i know is a competitive man and you've got a it's it's hard to swallow that humility sometimes and you know it's hard to put your pride down yeah for sure um and i think I mean, you've got you to do that. You know, we're supposed to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's part yeah. of our job. I, I guarantee we could go to that dartboard right there and for an hour. And by the end of the hour, we'd all be yelling yeah. and being like, let's go, overthrowing darts. Yeah, yeah. and like, like Dustin said at the beginning of the 
podcast is we're all on the same team. Like, why don't we realize that? But I would get more bullseyes up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's the worst thing about all of us, man, is that. Hey, I'm, I'm terrible at uh, one of the guys that goes to church with me, at church with us, he, he's been with us forever. And we would play wolf ball out here one time with the youth group. And I was like, he, and I was yelling and hollering, like, you know, and he, he I looked out there. He was shaking his head. He was on second base. He was shaking his head. And I was like, what's wrong? And I was probably talking crap. He was like, Man, I can't stand playing stuff with you, man. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I don't even want. I, he said, I don't even like. I wouldn't even want to play checkers mm. with you, you know, because of how competitive you are about stuff. But just really, just chatter and talking crap. Oh, but, yeah. I, but in reality, I hate to lose. If you're not first or last, just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I didn't. I don't even let my kids beat me at tic tac toe. You know. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I do not let my kids win, and they'll get mad at me. I'm like, yeah. well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, teach them. We're not going to talk. Like I said, we, I think I, maybe the first episode or the second episode, I don't remember when it was, uh, we were, said that we would not ever bring up church league softball. And it's not that we, like, we obviously we play as a, as a church and together, but we had two teams, those of you who don't know, we had two teams um, and we had to play each other. And it was obviously friendly competition, but, uh, I mean, were we absolutely, like, talking to each other like we wanted to win? For sure. So, I think it's uh, – Who won? Yeah, we're not t- uh, yeah, we can talk oh, about no, no, Trey, no, 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 Trey, no, no, no. Trey stacked no, the deck. No, no, no. Trey stacked the deck. Hey, it doesn't matter. Um, we're all on the same team. <laughs> yeah. 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 See, we're going to – We got uh, robbed. Whatever. Hey, but it was uh, um, at the at the end of the day, no – that the underdogs come out the victor. <laughs> we got robbed. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so we're we're proving a point, man. With no doubt, yeah. yeah. We're proving a point. Right no, nobody right wants to be in second place, but we look at this stuff in a spiritual way. But we know? can be happy for the whoever wins. Yeah. We, I can be happy that Dustin won. No, I'm, I'm a sore loser, man. Trey, I'm, Trey, I'm <laughs> glad you tried. I'm yeah. But but in reality, man, when you're when you're doing things for the Lord. And you are and you are being successful. Nobody's taking a nail. No, right. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. We're 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 the the opportunity that you get to share the gospel is straight up a win. You know we're we're able to do that. So, but how, Trey, Trey cried for three days whenever Nick Saban yeah. retired. All right, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, so, so we got envy, rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love. So some of y'all, some translations, I think take um, take. So 16, the end of 15 and 16, kind of compile them together, talking about doing it out of love. Um, what What is y'all's, what does your say there, Trey? I have, uh, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Yeah, so goodwill there just really is the right motives. It's a sincere and pure motive. They re- they, they preach Christ from goodwill, and an honest effort to help Paul. That's why they were doing it. Self, selfless is, I got a footnote that says selfless. All right, so um, the the jealous preachers thought that by doing what they were doing might make Paul's imprisonment more, more bitter. Their message, let's again think, their message was good because what were they doing? They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, but their their motives behind it, their 
their their temper behind it, their mindset behind it was completely wrong. They were constantly thinking about and comparing and wishing the worst on somebody else. Um, just, Delivery was wrong. Yeah, they they just the way they the way they did it. They did it out of out of greed. Um, they did it uh, in in the flesh. They did it out of pride, strife, envy. Uh, you could probably go on and on and on. So we we need to think about that. We need to watch our motives when we when we serve the Lord. All of us need to do that. So when we, and no matter what you're getting, just take the preaching part out of it. What you're doing and you're comparing, um, what does it matter? You know, as long as we're we're on, we're understanding that our our goal is to do, uh, you know, to do the same thing. We're trying to advance uh, the kingdom. We're trying to to get the gospel to those who have not, you know, ha- have not heard it. And that's where that's where verse 18 kicks off. Yeah. Some so some do it out of goodwill, the latter out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. So um let's I mean thinking about that uh for a moment, uh, us as people, how do we I mean how do we how would we say that we're doing things out of out of goodwill? I mean, I, I, we do. Everybody everybody thinks their church is the best church. That's just factual. Yeah. Everybody thinks that. I mean, the people that are in churches or whatever, you know, they think that what they're doing is is the best thing since life. And that's not true, man. Mm-hmm. Like, there's people that will come to us, come to our church, and they'll leave and they won't come back because they did not like what they. Not that it's not we didn't preach the gospel because they're going to hear the gospel every week, but they leave, they go somewhere else, they go to find another church, and they love that church and they stay there. And I don't care if that you know if this it's a good church that's teaching the Bible and preaching the gospel. I'm not mad. I'm on everybody's on everybody's team. We know we're on the same team. We're trying to do the same exact thing, and so that's what it should teach us that we're not we're if we can understand that that our minds should be in the same place doing the same thing. That's where we need to, we're, we're on, we got the same, same goals here. At least they're looking like I've always thought like in growing up in churches, like, you know, when you're home and comfortable within the first like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And you know, if you don't like it, it's not, you know, as long as you keep looking, you don't stop. And talking about like thinking that you're like you were saying, like your, your church is the best church or, or whatnot. That's like I was I was telling Samantha the other day. I was like, uh, we got some friends and stuff that are, that going through some stuff, and then I invite them to men's group and stuff. And I was telling her, I was like, if if they would just come to men's group one time, like they would, it would, you know, it would just change their outlook. Like they would they would just love it. So like that's just the way I feel. I think because I feel that way, and I just assume that they're going to feel that way. You I, know, but I'm going. Sorry, Trey. I might have to skip a week. <laughs> I gotta try that. Come on. I mean, you just you see how he just pitched that? Like <laughs> yeah. that was amazing. Look, I, I'm trying to I'm That's trying to good. go to work, I'm trying to go work for my wife's shirt business and that way I can I can be a salesman, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what they're others preach or preaching the gospel, uh, out of love, knowing that Paul was in they were burdened. They were hurting. Others were not doing it the wrong way. They were not doing it the right way they were they were obviously doing it out of the the wrong motives and the other ones understood paul was there put here 
that that they were there, he was there because of the gospel and the other ones look they proclaim christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely they're not doing it for the right way but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment they just they they wanted him to stay they didn't care about him getting out they didn't care what he was doing and then he says what then only that in every way whether in the pretense um or in truth christ is proclaimed and in that i rejoice so what y'all got there he's just happy that they're at least preaching it yeah i think it's i think it's pretty you know he's on this rant um not rant but you know he's 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 talking and he's talking, talking pure and talking uh, motive, and then he gets to eighteen. And he says, "But that doesn't matter," and so it's just like he's really putting himself second. Pro- yeah, proving his you point. Know. He's proving his point. Yeah, he, he's not worried about what people trying to outdo him or or saying stuff that that's going to put him down. Because in the end of it. The gospel's still getting spoken. It's getting preached, so I it, rejoice. Right, and it, it's reaching others that, wh- what do we say all the time? That's person, can, you can go to your job, Trey, or or Russell, you can go to your job. Turner, you can go to your job. Well, Trey may have been used to be able to, but but y'all can reach people that we'll never see. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I mean, it's always somebody there that, that needs it. But, I mean, one thing that it's clear here is, Paul, you're not going to get him down. Like no, he is happy. No. Yep, he refuses to be a downcast I, by I've, by and, the wrong and motives. I, I'm or convicted by that because I'm a I can get down really quick. And I think any like, uh, that's just a part of being a, a man, you know, is is like I said, swallowing that pride mm-hmm. and, and and soaking up that humility. You know, you know, you know how you have your dog and your dog's always happy no matter what. You yes. know, you whoop your dog and your dog's like. Can you can I, can you pet me now? Yeah. Like Paul's like, yeah, stay mad at me. Yeah, like Paul's like, man, y'all can do whatever. Y'all are still out there preaching it, even though you're trying to get at me. But you yeah. ain't gonna hurt me. There's a little it, kids movie yeah. about that where the dogs like it shows their life while the parent like the the owners are away, and all he's wanting to do is he he just wants his owners. Like I need to see them. I need to be with them. Yeah, and it's 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 magical. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, I I. I I mean, like I said, it, when he, when he's using his bad situation to prove his point, to um, make us understand um, and let us know that, hey, I'm in prison for a reason. I'm in prison to uh, spread the news of, of Jesus. It, like, it, like what you're saying, it's just a, a perfect example. Yeah. I think there's a good verse for you on your, you know, your sin driving home mad this is perfect like you can't be mad i'll be a little better yeah on the way home so he uh paul refuses (laughs) (laughs) you ain't got nowhere to be on the way home (laughs) paul refuses to be a downcast by wrong motives we see that christ is being preached by by both just what y'all kind of just said he knew they were against him he knew that they they were believers they were preachers of the gospel but they were not on his team. They wanted him to fall. They wanted him to fail. They didn't care. They had terrible motives on how about what they, they they were selfish. They wasn't sincere. They were envious. They were, were doing it like um, out of rivalry. You know, wanting them to be better than him. But 
again, at the end, he is grateful and rejoicing that, hey, the gospel's getting out. The gospel's getting out. More people are coming to know me. So you can say what you will. Think what you think about me. Get mad at me, not like me, spit on me, cuss at me, and talk about what I'm doing here. But, hey, look, the gospel's still you know saving folks and that's what the goal is and that's what the that and i'm so because of that i'm going to be excited and i'm going to rejoice and i'm going to be you know happy that i'm here because still the gospel's getting proclaimed so it's kind of um it's kind of remarkable that that under these difficult circumstances he don't feel sorry for himself he's not saying hey look at me look what's going on with me Look, come help me. Have pity on me. Be, you know, have sympathy. Like he doesn't. He isn't trying to have, make people have sympathy for him or anything like that. Um, because he's he he knows why he's there. So he's he's filled with joy of the Lord and and encourages his readers here. Hey, rejoice! And in that I rejoice. Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yeah, that's good. That's I mean, good. He couldn't have done it if he was down about it. No. It wouldn't have done what it was supposed to do. He yeah. wouldn't have, yeah. The the pure motive wouldn't have been there. I like Paul. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I got, me and Paul, when I get up, up to them big pearly gates and get inside, me and Paul are going to sit down and talk. I about, like about, your, about your road rage? Yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah. I've already confessed that sin, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think about all the prison. Think about he went to jail and whenever he went to jail and uh, Philippi before the church and and then he pretty much converted the the jailer there and now he's over in Rome and putting it on all the the jailers there all the guards there yeah and if he keeps going there <laughs> every prison he went to they'd be like man Paul's putting it on everybody you yeah. know he's converting these guards and it like the picture I play in my head is that Paul is actually like friends with a lot of these guys and the I'm sure the supervisors or whoever they are are like, Kali, this guy's like yeah. he's killing me, man. Guards come in. guards left and right. Yeah, guards <laughs> guards come in daffing it up with yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Put me on somebody some of them probably like, man, please they were, they you know were, ain't every one of them believing, so please, <laughs> like, please put me with somebody else. This dude's wearing me out. They were feeling them good vibes. You yeah. know that killer over there? Let me yeah. go with him. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Uh main point. What do y'all what do y'all see here? Uh the main point of the text. There's, I mean, there's a there's a big main point for sure that I think we can probably all agree on. I'm not gonna say it, but let y'all let y'all. I think everything's supposed to happen for a reason. You're supposed to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, and if you make the most of it, you're gonna bring people with you. That's good. Yeah. Is that good? That's that's that's, that's, that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. You know. All right, you can come back again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I told Dustin I, I I've, I've never listened to podcasts really before, and I was like, man. You got to do two or three of these. Yeah, a week. A that's week. What, that's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I, hey, I, I, I long, day. I long to get back. I, I like, I look forward to Thursday nights. I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You, you, um, you agree with that? Add to that, Trey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I like the, 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 exclamations that Paul gives us, and then, you know, there at the end, he's, he's, he's 
telling us how it should be. And there at the end, he's like, you know, even though some of it is, is not for the right reasons, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that Christ is getting preach and I rejoice. So, um, you know, being the, in the, in the positive, uh, situations is, is, it's always easy to, um, you know, talk about the good then, but when you get in the bad, you've got to be sure that, um, you're staying, you know, purely motivated and, and rejoicing that, um, you have the ability to spread the word and then, um, being sure that, that the word is, is being spread even more being an example. I think rejoice, rejoice, like you were saying, no matter the situation, I mean, there's always a positive outlook you can have in whatever situation you're going through, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, there's something positive that can be, that can be brought out of it. And, and your mindset makes up a lot of that on how you feel in those situations. And, uh, if you're in a bad situation and you're going in with a bad mindset, then it's probably gonna be a bad day. I but think anytime you're in a influential position anywhere, work, life, head of the household, church, whatever, anytime you're in an influential position, your vibe is going to rub off on the people you're surrounded by every time. If you're in a, you know, if you're in front of a bunch of people and you're in a bad mood, then everybody around you is going to be in a bad mood. But not even that. You might not know, but you know, you might not be in a leadership position, but somebody's watching you. Somebody looks up to you. You might not know it. Yeah. So, you know, you can think you're just at church, just there to listen, and yeah. you have somebody there, like paying attention to you. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like I was told one time. Every everybody's cool to somebody. Yeah. That is. <laughs> you yeah. know, there ain't no losers in life. Everybody's cool to somebody. Yeah. Man, I think that's good. Um, I would I would say say that for sure. I agree with y'all on that main point. Kind of being Paul is in a difficult spot and as he is there he is still faithful with the gospel circumstances has not changed his faithfulness to proclaiming Jesus and that he's still rejoicing um, even in a difficult time because of what God's doing through him and how he's using him you got anything there Turner you good all right, application. You start us out. How do we apply this to our life? So for me, taking taking from off of running off off of what y'all y'all said, um, we all can be more joyful again, just like we talked about last week. In every situation that we're in, um, we can most definitely all be more joyful in spreading the gospel. Yeah, for sure. Don't wait for the. The, our circumstances to change to share Christ with others. Don't wait for because we may be in that circumstance to make sure that the gospel is being proclaimed. You go to the hospital because you mess something up on your body or something, or you're sick. I mean, share the gospel. You know, like you don't ever know. We went to my my. I make my kids uncomfortable. We went to Sonic not too long ago. It was like. I said, hey, we're going to pray for our meal before we eat. Is there anything we can pray for you about? Just this one random chick that brought us our, you know, food. And she just started crying um, and just spilled spilled it, you know. And so we get to pray for her before we got to. I prayed with her, I think, before she went back in to, to get the next food order, you know. Just never know. Um, and when you're in a, uh, you know, a difficult time, something's going on with you, 
that's not good, how often are we doing that, you know? So I think it's uh, important that we are just faithful, man, with the, no matter the season, no matter the situation, no matter the mountaintop, the valley, or whatever, that we need to understand that, that this thing's happening. We're in it. We're in the middle of it. We're going through it. We, might, we need to take advantage of what, you know, the circumstance we're in instead of wallowing in our, our, our just our place of, of uncomfortable, uncomfort, you know, where we're not ex- happy to be there. And we turn around and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities. I always remember every time you, you talk about being at the right place and, and spreading it no matter where you're at is whenever I broke my faucet in the bathtub behind the wall mm. and you showed up to fix my, my faucet and you was like, there's a reason you broke that. And I was like, yeah, because I was an idiot. And you was like, no, God brought me here today because he wants you to know that I'm fixing to go over here and preach, and you probably need to come over there too. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I probably yeah. need to change my ways a little bit. Jeremiah 29, 11 will put you down in the seat, and you know, yeah. like a big finger pointing at you in the face. <laughs> yeah. I told people I got thumped in the head. Yeah. But you was just on a plumbing call. Yeah, that's all it was. You no, know? he wasn't either. He was on a mission. <laughs> he was on a mission. Yeah, and I think that's what you need to you need to look at, man. You need to look at your life as okay. I'm saved now. I am a part of the body of Christ, and whatever happens for me from this day on, no matter how how terrible it is, I'm going to be used as a as a as a tool and as a witness for the Lord to 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 bring this broken world into fellowship with Him through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our job. That's it. You know, I mean, we can do fun things and enjoy life, but as we face anything, we need to be constantly looking for opportunities to, to share Christ with others, no matter the season, and, and understand that we can be joyful. When we're doing so, he was joyful. He, didn't, he was joyful because of the gospel. So we're in these difficult times, and we're not sharing the gospel with people. Could it possibly be because we're not understanding what's going on and we're wallowing in this mess we're like oh uh, i hate being here and they're not doing anything with it so uh maybe man whoever's listening today if that's where you know you may be there going through that and the lord is allowing stuff to happen in our lives you know we're there you know boldly proclaim the gospel you know start using your situation even how difficult it is to to bring him glory it ain't easy it ain't fun life isn't for sure um you know you may be going through it, but just use your situation, whatever it may be, to uh, to proclaim Jesus. Y'all got y'all got anything else? When you were just saying that, I was thinking of DMV, like the DMV. Yes, yeah, going to the DMV. It, how horrible that is! <laughs> <laughs> like how many people are there? Yeah. That yeah. 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 Nobody likes the DMV. That's like that's <laughs> yeah. like I I sent that. You were talking. I was just like. <laughs> right. I sent that video the other day of that guy preaching at work, the uh, the coal miner, yeah. and he was letting them have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you don't mind. Well, man, uh, Luke, won't you share the, the greatest news of all before we close this thing out? The greatest news of all. There's this fellow named Jesus that God sent down, and uh, and he died for us on the cross to save us from our sins. And allows us to have eternal glory as long as we believe in him. And uh, I think that's a pretty awesome aspect for somebody who loves us that big. As as my my five-year-old can explain all this better than me. 
that somebody loves us so big and we should love him so big back yeah that it that that he died for us and, yeah. and that that we're in his glory forever pretty awesome don't know yeah. where you're at today but if you're not in christ understand that you can be you come to the end of yourself understand you can't uh, achieve what's required you can come to the end of yourself and confess your sin and believe in your heart um, confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord and you know, he'll save you. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing. I don't, I've never met anybody who, who uh, regretted you know, um, being, being saved. It's the, it's, the, it's the greatest thing that ever has, has, uh, has happened to, to any human being, to be uh, in right fellowship with the Holy God just because of what someone else did. Him receiving all that was belonged to us and us receiving all that belonged to him. It was a glorious thing. So grateful for the cross, man. Grateful for Jesus. Grateful for y'all. And uh, next week's going to be even Next week's gonna be good. Yeah, I mean, not twenty through twenty six. Oh no, nineteen through twenty six. We'll right? see how many splitters we can get before we know. It. We're gonna have like twenty five people in here with twenty five free lawyers trying to figure out. Hey, <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful, man. I, I, I've I've been I've been excited. Just I mean, I don't, we don't know how, how how many people are being reached to this thing, but but man, it's it is reaching. Um, you know, if one people. hears it, it's all worth it. Yeah, That's man. Right. And then you hear people talking about it on Sunday and Wednesday, and it's like, I gotta go see it. Yeah, I gotta yeah, go hear it. Yeah, it's good, man. I'm, I'm, I love it. Yeah, yeah. We got people watching. So if you ha- uh, are listening, if you uh, if you will, man, like and subscribe to this uh, this podcast and give us a review and try to you know work us up. I guess I'm sure they got some sort of algorithm there that kind of gets our name up there and tries to get it out. So. Um, we're here in the middle of, of, of the country, so if we can use this to, to reach other areas and uh, other parts of the earth, we definitely want to do that. So please help us there and share it and uh, help us get the, you know, the gospel out, the message of Jesus out to those who haven't heard it. So let's pray and we'll, uh, we'll close. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for our time that we get each week to come and, and just fellowship one another and chew the fat, talk about what's going on in our lives and opportunities that you've given us. Lord, I pray that we never take them for granted. And Lord, I pray that as we go through difficulties in life uh, and, and, and go through heartaches and go through uh, problems and, and seasons that, that aren't always where we want to be, Lord, that we still glorify you in them and that we will be able to rejoice in our, in our suffering. Uh, Lord, you're good and you're always good and uh, you, you never change. And Lord, we, we, we know that no matter where we're at, you're, you're still the same. You're always good. So, Lord, I pray that when we go through difficult times, we'll draw near to you. And as we do, you draw near to us. And, Father, that you will um, you know, give us great opportunities to be able to share the, the message of Jesus with those who are in need of it, no matter where we're at, whether it's a, a mountaintop or a valley, that we proclaim the name of Jesus with joy and happiness until the, until, until the end of our lives. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us and because of that we we should do that for you uh, lord i pray that you give us opportunities this week and lord i pray that you bring us back safe next week with uh with much wisdom on what your word says that you'll give us great knowledge and understanding of the scripture so we can communicate it well back to to those who need to hear it next week thank you for this podcast and I pray lord you'll use it to reach the uh the ends of the earth lord i pray that you will uh, well, we have so many outlets and so many ways to be able to reach people now through social media and things like this. And God, you'll use this in a in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 See y'all next week. Till next time, gentlemen.